to episode 7 of the Monkey Business Show. Today we have a very special guest and a friend of mine. Peter, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. It's, uh, it's, it's been too long. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Dude, I saw you were in the, the gamer's haircut and in the gamer's room. Where are you staying, dude? Where are you living? Ohio? I'm, yeah, I'm in Ohio now. I'm with uh, Esports Engine. They're, they have offices in Ohio, LA, and London. I, I picked Ohio. Close to my hometown. So. Okay. Awesome. That's my well, spot today at the we also... You guys are all over the place, huh? Yeah, obviously you see Johan. You were mentioning before we started recording that he looked the healthiest out of all of them with his tan. <laughs> the healthiest just because you got a tan, does that mean health? Isn't isn't it the uh, other way see, around? Gamers, that's um, the um, pinnacle of the our... UV light. <laughs> How is that a sign of health though? In Denmark, it's like the, the paleness is actually a sign of good health because you're not you know scorching yourself with the UV. I don't okay. know, but it does look, I don't know, for myself, of course, I think I look, I look healthier when I, when it's summer season or when it's at least hot. I was going to ask, what's the weather like in Ohio? Cause I have no clue what the seasons are my like. My backyard is like a, my backyard is like an ice skating rink. It was just a solid sheet of ice across the whole thing. Seriously? So it's, uh, Dude, yeah, it's bad. Get out. In February. Get out. <laughs> now it's just raining and, uh. We have giant like mud puddles in my backyard and I have two dogs. So it's oh. just, it's a little chaotic right now. Oh, I know the mud puddles from, from back home. Oh, wow. Not fun. Yeah. Well, today we also have a very quiet Seb. What's up, Seb? Still in prison from what I see. <laughs> no, I, I still, yeah, still in prison. I don't know. Like if, if you know any prison that has walls like this, you should be pretty happy. Like I think prisons are a little well, bit sadder. Not, than I haven't been to many prisons, but in my mind, they all have walls like that. They Why do you guys hate they... on the the brick feature wall? That's yeah. that's, a, that's a luxury. Thank you. Friends, Thank you, you very much. Like finally, somebody us. with a little bit of taste. I've been stuck with these two before, like <laughs> for way too long, actually. <laughs> These I are have, uh, I Peter are bonding together finally. <laughs> it's it's it, been it's been a long time, man. I feel like now that I'm like completely out of the Dota scene, like we can just kind of squash all this beef, and you know we can look. Um, about like, you know, what could be better in the future. Right. And, and that's why I was so excited to talk to you guys because I feel like, I mean, Dota on socials is just like nothing. So if you're not like in the scene, you don't really understand what's going on. And I, I watch the games, but I don't follow super closely anymore. Um, but it seems like you guys still really care about the future of Dota compared to like, you know, all the other pros who like say nothing. Yeah. I would say that for us, obviously the future of of OG has to do, is very closely tied to the future of Dota and what's happening. And, you know, we try to craft or to help direct as much as we can. And yeah, I mean, obviously I would like to start with a little bit of a preamble of how I met you because you actually gave me my first esports job ever. I was making films and I messaged yeah. you on Twitter saying, Peter, I love what you guys are doing. I love how you do content and all that. Is there a way to work together? And you answer a random stranger like me. And then we did a day with Peter in San Diego. That was my first job ever in esports. 
yeah we definitely have his we definitely have an interesting yeah. history and that was a very interesting <laughs> time for for me as well and and i wish it you know i honestly wish that it could have gone i mean it went okay but i think it could have gone better if if we were in a better place but as you guys know like with your experience probably starting og we were kind of in a tricky spot where we really needed to hire a bunch of people but we didn't have a bunch of money so it was you know really sort of trying to make it all work um was complicated um but you know once i left eg and kind of went and did my own thing and you, know, you ended up with og so that's 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 a crazy story i'm sure yeah all that happened so so i think to, to going back to what peter was saying about the twitter and the content and all that we actually always been on board with of the peeps and the smoke and and all that i think it really adds a lot of the storyline and the whole fun of what we're doing this i don't know why people really want to misjust this professionalism with like oh yeah thank you the match was really good and that's not fun for anybody the storylines i think that you created and how you were able to beef with everybody was to me one of the reasons why i was so attracted and ecstatic to work with you because you found a way to bring eyeballs you you knew how to huh? Sam, don't tell your thoughts. Don't they, isn't that a common practice? No, I was going to say, like, isn't it common practice in most sports and most competitions to to nurture the the individual uh, rivalries? I, like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not 100%. I mean, I've seen the I've seen the NBA panels where they talk a lot of smack and a lot of shit, and and you you beat you, you build up a lot of that uh, spice before the fight already. But I even think in esports, quite a uh, I'm not 100 on this, but but Riot they also have a have a storyline where they try to tell the rivalry between two teams. It might not be as spicy as, as some others. Uh, but in Dota, I, I feel like the only thing being told, which still ha it has been really good and has been really high high quality production, but like the uh, the story behind the player, you know, and it's usually like a the piano gets added and a, it's a bit of a sob story and you, and you get to feel more for the player. But I do think, yeah, like uh, Dota has done a pretty good job overall and Peter as well, like keep like spicing itself up or the players have been good at spicing spicing things up so if you were following on twitter um i'll say that build like that build has been uh been there since the beginning from the community even even early on people were threatening each other at land events like i'm gonna beat your ass or i'm gonna do this to you <laughs> and i feel and i feel like that was uh it's still better than the dull mundane stuff like if you don't have enough to uh to hype your yourself around the match like somebody else gotta do it you know um and I, I appreciate that. You have I, like, I appreciate that about the Dota yeah. scene. <laughs> but every single time we do it, like yeah. the whole paper is like, you should apologize. You should be ashamed. You're running a company. It's like, wait, wait a second, dude. We're fucking playing video games. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, what is the tweet, Peter? Put uh, another shitty team together and come and play me on qualifiers. <laughs> I don't know. Remember exactly uh, how was... it was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, put together another one of your shitty stacks or something and and something about i don't know if it was like uh related to na quals or something i don't remember how it started i just remember the shitty stack <laughs> you were on that stack later johan so don't laugh too much <laughs> yeah finding the we all have our time now, i'm trying we, we, we all have our time in the spotlight and then we like you know you, you see the people on the way up and then you also see them on the way down and uh you know kind of how you treat them on the way up is how you get treated on the way down Right to some degree. That's pretty fair. And like yeah. I learned that. I learned that in too. your in your career. So, um, yeah, I don't think people really missed me when I left Dota. So it's okay. I miss you dearly, and I will tell you something. When we were in EG ah. after you left, and you play CM, we had a drinking game, dude. Every single time you die, we will drink, and after your games of CM, we will all be trash at one point. 
because you die so much. That was our our drinking game. But I'm that famous um, <laughs> to get your attention sounds, like that. Sounds like a museum game, to be honest. Yeah, but you know, Peter know, will pick it up. She's still one of my me. favorite heroes, even though she's never only yeah. had a couple of good patches. It's 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 just from Heroes of New Earth. It's not this one. I'll tell you then. Uh, how is life for you after Dota? You know, uh, these two guys, uh, Johan and Seb, are now going through a little bit of a transformation as they both are, you know, doing other things in life. How was for you? Yep. Can you give us a little bit of advice of what they're gonna find through their life? <laughs> yeah, welcome to the other side. Uh, it's it's not as fun. I would get. I would. I would definitely say that. Um, me, I. Uh, COVID sucks, right? Like it's really. I don't know how you guys feel over there, but here it's just like. I don't know. Nobody does anything. Like even on the weekends, it's like, do you want to go out? Like, not really. Um, and then also like in the combination of like working from home and working remotely, I spend like 80% of my time in my bedroom. I was telling my wife before I, before I came on this call, like I look like somebody who spends a lot of time in his, in front of his computer. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, no, I was lucky. I kind of tried to do my own thing. I was trying to start like my own player agency, uh, right mm -hmm. when I left Dota, but that kind of spiraled and failed and then I had to look for something else and I ended up finding a position with esports engine as a program manager um so I'll just like provide a little detail about like what that actually is and who they are esports engine if you're not familiar these are the guys that used to be MLG uh back in the day running like Starcraft 2 events and then they ran a couple of Dota events maybe you guys played at some I think I think Seb you were at X Games yeah. Boston maybe so that yeah. was them um Maybe No Tail was too. I think maybe Fnatic won that event. I went to one with Miracle. Um, the first tournament with OG, I think, was MLG. Uh, also, somewhere really hot. I'm trying to remember if that was. Uh, it was an MLG in Columbus. Know, that was too early, maybe. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, that sounds right. New Orleans. Go to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the one. Yeah, the one. that was really that was really funny because MLG has this great model that I've really liked, where it's they have. Yeah, they have like open qualifiers for all the Call of Duty players, and they all come play in this like, uh, you know, they have like a bunch of us, uh, bunch of console sets for them to play. So mm -hmm. I don't know what they call them, but console setups of people to play, and then they all play in the tournaments, and they all get eliminated, and then they stay in the crowd and watch, you know, the pros play on Sunday for the finals and stuff. And so they've got a bunch of people at the event, and they've got people in the seats, and then. They tried to do kind of the same thing for Dota, but without like the open qualifier. And then there was like 10 people in the crowd for this tournament. It was uh, not, not so great, but... There was a, um, wasn't that anyways. an OG as well? The one with the famous Arteezy speed gaming uh, sub quote. That was yep. Columbus. He's pretty... Right, I think. That was yep. Columbus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. MLG yeah. Columbus. That's, that's, that's another That's where meme. I live now, and that's... He's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me come oh, back yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah. I won't let you guys shit talk again. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the only back then, the who were the top mid laners that I quoted back then? I think it, I, I think it was like <laughs> Farah, Dendi. You can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I give up. I'm done. I'm actually gonna log off. Oh, tell me, tell me, they were the top mid laners, and then what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Artiz's first tournament, right? Wasn't it? Like LAN, I, I mean. I think so. First LAN with it, speed, with it speed might gaming have been and his, enemy. His first LAN, yeah. So throughout the playoffs, he was yep. already called like by some as being like the best mid laner ever. And I was like, hey, this is. <laughs> Did you too just soon, read you know? that on Reddit or something? Or was that actually, actually what a caster said? No, no, no. What do you mean? Oh, no. Oh, uh, I actually don't remember it. 
Yeah, actually, who 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 said that? Like, how did I even hear about it? <laughs> I don't know. Did you just read some Reddit comment and you reacted? No, because I was like at a land, so I couldn't even read Reddit. Okay. So I I okay, don't okay. remember. Maybe it was the interviewer that asked me the question or something. Like, oh, he's he seems to be the best mid laner in the world. What do you think? You know, I don't remember. Anyways, long, good old times or not? I'm glad to see that you haven't changed, Sep. I think you were gonna say something <laughs> Let's funny just go about through our me DC. and Seb's me and Seb's Twitter will be the content of this podcast. Yeah, as, uh, <laughs> through it right now. You just scroll through, <laughs> scroll through it. It's gonna take a while. Oh, sorry, I was interrupting Peter. You were you were going. Uh, yeah, we were, sorry, you were Peter. Talking, talking about esports uh, engine. I was talking about sports. boring stuff. No, no, but I yeah, actually, I, I actually stuff. know a lot about your company and Adam Apicella. And these guys are like the the OGs. They are so good at their job. They create all these like grassroots yeah. system in 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 Call of Duty, and they organized still like the Call of Duty World Champions this year in LA. It was them. The Halo event that I went in Right Leaf was also them. Like they are amazing. Oh, you were there. Great. I was there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we work with lots of other game developers on their esport programs. And we're our, basically our goal is like so many of these uh, developers don't have like a developed esports department, so they have like very low resources in terms of like people, but they might have like a large budget. So then these people that work with the company kind of represent the esports department. They come hire us. It was like we're like 150 to 200 people now at our company, so they hire us to kind of be an extension of their team to help make their esports programs happen, and. My job is to kind of make sure that we're making the program as good as it can be and taking most advantage of all of our internal teams. Like we have comp ops, we have broadcast, we have engineering, social media, marketing, all kinds of stuff. So content, um, yeah, we do a lot of everything. Um, I can't talk about what stuff exactly I work on. Um, but if I don't know if any of you guys were ever a part of this conversation, but back in, I think it was at the Manila Major, I went around to all of the teams telling them that I wanted to start my own Dota tournament um, with like all of the players and kind of like make our own Dota company. And looking back on that, I realized like how kind of naive I was and how maybe people were like, there's no way Peter's going to be able to pull this off. Um, but now I kind of feel like a little bit more empowered which is why I wanted to talk to you guys. It's like, what, you know, what can we actually do to make Dota turn things around or not turn things around, but at least like take most advantage of, of the situation. I remember when you pitched the idea to me and, and I was all on board, my biggest, uh, but, or if, or, uh, not disbelief, but like the last thing to probably, yeah, sway me over would be the getting some sort of recognition from Valve, like any, Anything that Valve would have said would have been very exciting, uh, or like, like for me, would have made this possible. But I still have that worry right now. It's like we could spend, we could spend a lot of effort, time, and money on 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 trying to build this so that we could then just pitch it. But it would then come with a great risk, and and I don't even know how likely it would be that, because I think most of the teams would be ready to sign off on it and would have a lot of. Yeah, wishes and, and, and good reason for why this, this could be a good idea, a more transparent way of running tournaments because now it's like a lowest bidder type deal and, and, and how things fluctuate is going to be all up to how Valve might feel and all up to what the tournament organizer can provide and the players and, and also the fans don't really get much info or much of a vote. 
Um, and I think it could be much more transparent type business where, um, yeah, you kind of, you're kind of paying for, for good entertainment, you know, or this is the entertainment that's going to be put in place and people are going to feel like yeah. doing a better job as well. Um, yeah. I listened to your guys' podcast last week with um, your new your new gaming uh, guy. Name again? Mike. Mike. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, and you guys were talking about how the, the changes in the Dota scene has kind of caused this, like, um, fragmented attention whereas like back in the day like when the dota tournament was happening like you would only watch that dota tournament for like the next four days so like even if you didn't catch it live you would kind of just like wake up and turn on the vod and like watch your favorite team play or whatever it might be but with this new system where everything is so spread out uh, because the good games are few and far between people just lose attention entirely like they just don't care about dota anymore and I guess that's just kind of how I felt as a spectator, honestly, as well. It's like, I absolutely want to watch like OG versus secret or, you know, liquid playing against Tundra or something, but I just don't really go out of my way to kind of, I don't know if there was a tournament, like watching the regional finals, for example, like I was tuning in for as much as I could. Um, but for the rest of the DPC, I barely watched. I, I feel yeah, the well, same way about you. Think... And... Go ahead, Sip. Well... Why? Why do you think it's like that? Like for you, because you know, like you're a great example too. Like you're obviously quite interested in these games. Like you've seen, you you've been pretty excited about watching these games. Maybe still are, still are. Like, what is it really with the DPC format that that you know makes you lose interest in it? Well, I think the the stakes of the games are far too low. Like the regular season game, like there there isn't enough of these like pinnacle moments, as I would call mm -hmm. them. Right, like. Our pinnacle moment is really just, I mean, winning the major is pretty cool, I would say. Um, but winning TI or even placing well at TI is really the pinnacle moment for, for everybody. Yeah. Fans, fans included. So we've always kind of had that problem in Dota where like the rest of the season isn't as exciting, which is completely reasonable because of the extreme anomaly that TI is. Uh, but back in the day when we had more of like these, Hey, you know, this weekend we're going to Germany for ESL and next weekend we're going to LA for beyond the summit. Like these tournaments, you know, being able to have that crowning moment, hoist the trophy, who cares what the prize pool was, but you know, sometimes it was, um, exciting, but just winning, but, right. was the ultimate feeling. You remember when those tournaments, the ESLs and the summits, when they also kind of had a stake for, for TI, like even a small beyond the summit weighed in on the TI invites. That actually made that tournament yeah. so much more hype. I think also for the viewers, but definitely for the people attending. Like everybody who had not secured a TI invite or weren't sure, because no, nothing was nothing was public, nothing was obvious. Then these tournaments actually matter so much more. You know, games nowadays, like everything is developed into how can you give these people these dopamine moments where like they get super excited like as frequently as possible. Like short form video is a great example of like Instagram and TikToks and shorts like this is this is going to be how people consume content in the future right like I already see myself doing it more so than watching like complete videos um but the shorter we can kind of uh, the less time in between these great moments I think is, is where we should be going I was going to say that to try to bring a little bit more of into the macro level okay so before we used to have a system where for x amount of time 
the whole attention will be concentrated on this tournament. And after four days or five days, there will be a champion and there will be a bunch of losers, people that lost. And the fact that the storyline was very simple to, to follow, uh, what Peter is saying, which I agree with you, is that you will just only be watching Dota. I remember waking up in the morning, turning my laptop on, turning the whatever the stream was, and that was there for the rest of the day. I could be cooking, I could be doing laundry, I could be doing anything, and all I did was watch Dota. I don't do that anymore, because I don't watch any of the tier 2 division games or anything like that. I, I don't care about half of the teams. Not because I don't care. I care that the moment that is aim to somebody winning, you know? Like, I could watch, remember, like, Happy Feeds versus Fnatic, because at the end of the day, one of them was going to move into the other bracket, you know? But right now, it's not like that. Yep. And they spread the game so much that I don't tune in two hours a day or three hours a day or five hours a day just to watch whatever they want to give me, because there is no stakes. So, right? That is yeah. the, the idea of what you're saying? Um, yeah, the stakes, are, the stakes are too low. I was just going to add one thing. Like, I don't know if you have the same... Um, but for the later end of the for the for the qualifiers is usually so much more hype because you get closer to the to the tiebreakers. I think a big flaw lies in the beginning of the the qualifier the DPC system. Like if they would literally hash out so that everybody had played six out of their eight games or six or or um, if if you had eight or ten ten in the group, I forget. But if you play out the majority of the games and you leave a few for the end, that would most likely be a way better recipe for that hype and for the care. Um, because the beginning of it is just so slow. Like you're week by week by week, and these points, nothing is settled. Like nothing matters. Uh, of course, for the teams, these these games you have to show up, and and they do matter. And it is still your ticket to TI and everything, but it does not feel like it as a viewer. Hey Peter, so when you were uh, transitioning from player to to CEO, you were the CEO of of EG, and I really thought that you were doing a lot of really cool shit, and very authentic, which is why I wanted to work with you. And I remember that transition, dude. You were like the clean CEO. You were with your glasses, no tattoos, super clean, very businessman. <laughs> dude, how can you end up like this? What the hell, dude? No, he's right. He's right, man. I, I was a nerd. I was a real nerd back in the day. But I think the nerdier and like the fatter you are, like the better gamer you are. So okay. uh, that was my 2014, 2015. That was my peak power. And then it was just all downhill from there. Went the money and the fame and the skin the fat uh, everything but i saw uh, you like now you're fully tattooed right you have tats everywhere like well the arms i think at least i yeah they started that they they hurt a lot so i stopped but uh okay maybe one day i'll continue okay can you do this sure wait you stopped you, you stopped doing your right sleeves arm, right? because of the pain yeah the right no, arm i mean pain. i have like i have Dude, tattoo that's awesome. oh, like a tattoo showing moment thanks thanks bro thanks bro it's awesome <laughs> i i where, where were we i was because I haven't seen you for years, and then I saw you. I think it was at the after party of, in in Shanghai, and then you like yep. you went from like full clean, the businessman to full tattooed rock star like lives in Seattle and all that. I'm just I'm just the gaming degen who has no idea what I want to do with my life. So I'm just going oh, one wave the, to the next. Then you're gonna be perfect in this conversation. I have two of them on my own, trying to figure out <laughs> yeah, what, what to do. Life. What do now, Peter? <laughs> I'm growing potatoes, I'm telling you. My potatoes just came out of the ground, man. That's the best thing that's happened that's to me insane. since TI9. Yeah. Yeah. A, a good day is a day where I get to, you know, do whatever I want, right? Like be able to play. But sometimes a good day is playing a lot of video games, right? Being having that freedom. But uh, at the same time, a bad day could be playing too much video games, right? Where it's like you don't do anything with your day. 
now you feel like, you know, where's the fulfillment, right? So when I was an unemployed North American Dota 2 player, it's, it's really, it's a really blurry line of, Hey, I want to keep playing to get better so I can eventually get the TI or it's, Hey, I just want to keep playing because I don't want to face the reality of what's not me trying to get to TI. This is hitting home right now. This is hitting home right now. Somehow the retired player of this conversation plays 15 hours a day. Oh, hi, Seb. So <laughs> how, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's Seb. Yeah, Seb, dude. Seb definitely plays. I have thought about playing Dota again because the I guess the NA guys started up the IXDL, or I don't know if it's still going, mm -hmm. but they were playing some in-house games for a bit. It seemed pretty fun. I definitely miss it. Um, Johan, do you play still? Barely, dude. I'm playing with a, when I stream and I'm playing normal games with OD Pixel and, and WebPass and stuff like Scriff and Shiva. YouTube content. Yeah, I mean, just keeping like a bit of touch with with the fans and a bit of touch with 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 Dota, and then I'm I'm looking at the boys play, and I'm hoping to. I mean, I really want to get back into the competitive. I've even in the normal games, they they drag my brain back into stuff yeah. that that is like that doesn't belong in normal games, and and I do I could only get a fulfillment working with the guys. But uh, you 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 shouldn't be asking me. The one to be asking is Seb. He has a problem. He has an addiction, and I don't know where he's to do with him where he's gonna put it <laughs> because he still plays as much as ever he won. like I, and i don't he get won. it you he know like you finally free seb like do something else man ha get a cactus <laughs> what cactus am i gonna do with a cactus your ambition yes yeah, so, so you haven't found another hobby is what you're saying no i mean I it's just seb has another hobby yeah yeah it's no i wouldn't say hobbies i mean it's just like now my days are kind of spent doing the things that i have to do and there's actually a lot so then whenever i i should kind of find time to just build another hobby but then i'm like what's the point you know like uh, what, what am i gonna like i'm gonna start same because same, it's like bro. if i'm gonna invest time into something i i want to i want to get far in it so i could start over and invest time into something else but at the same time I'm like i just don't see the point because i feel like uh the dota part is still gonna be needed whether it is, you know, for the team uh, or just, you know, insights or, but it's it's not really me trying to, trying to do some, achieve something. It's more like killing time in a way. Uh, but yeah, probably killing too much time. <laughs> so, so Peter, uh, you're saying it's no, not even like, friend. yeah. So the no, Johan stopped playing completely, radically. He just farms, works out. He has the dogs and he's trying to stay as away as he can from Dota where he finds himself. While Seb is playing right now, like he's playing TI tomorrow, he's ready. I mean, he's ready right now. Seb, how ready are you <laughs> to play right now? Hey, that's how that's how he won his first TI, right? He was ready. So he was ready. No, but it's uh, it's not a bad it's not a bad place to be. Yeah, no, but it, it's like um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You you need to find something that. Uh, I mean, for the time that you decide to spend, how you decide to spend it, you need to find something that's as fulfilling. And I think, I don't know if uh, potatoes would do it for me, <laughs> but it's different tempers, different, you know, like, um, yeah, different people. Uh, I, I think that's quite important, though, finding. But yeah, Seb, you realize that you might like never find anything that gives you this level of fulfillment or this level of dopamine. That might never exist. Because you are right now used to a high level that my life is not like that you know my days are more potato farming than winning ti in a stage or playing against yeah that's why game that's why gaming is awesome 
But yeah. But look, Peter, the, the uh, truth is, I was, I, I'm making fun of them, but they oh, actually sorry. they work a lot on the company. They work a lot, a lot, a lot with me on the company. But it's true that it's not like 18 hours a day. We do one hour and a half or one hour a day, very intense work. And then like Seb is doing, saying, sorry, it feels like we have to do it. So it never feels like, you know, because running a company, as you know yourself, they're not like a lot of peaks. You don't really feel that, yay, I want something, you know? It's more like this constant, constant yeah. grind. But, but I was going to ask, so um, were you guys still in love with the competitive side or what made you like, you're like, I need a break? Um, yeah. Were you running from something or were you running towards something? How, how, how dramatic should I be? Well, first off, I was running away from Milan on NIP because I played one <laughs> tournament with him as a stand-in and I decided to retire after that. And then... And then I was on a team with Snaking and Moo, which was just a different kind of nightmare. And uh, yeah, and then I decided to call it quits after that to do something else. So. You two right, have you can something only deal with so You both much. have a good relationship with Milana. Oh my There's god! Milan and Seb beef as well in pubs. Like he pauses in all chats and stuff. So it's like you guys got Milan is Milan is an awesome player, but he picks Milana every game, right? Like that's. I, <laughs> and, and, and what I mean by that is like Marana is just like the easiest four position hero to play. And then he thinks he's fucking good when he does well on it. It's like, I have missed that. Actually. I needed oh, more of that, that in my life. <laughs> no, I mean, bottom, I couldn't agree more. Picker, I couldn't agree more. And, and he picks Marana so that he can leap away in, if his team is in trouble, which yep. is a good mindset <laughs> to play Dota he, competitively. Yeah. Marana, Marana's a great hero for people with bad positioning, right? Like, yeah. You're able to just you can be whenever you're in trouble. You can mess up three times and still feel good about yourself, <laughs> which is not as <laughs> yeah. true on CM, by the way, right? Because these Mirana players, yeah. I do not know if their stats would be better than the CM stat we discussed earlier. I I I, I question that. That's why Peter is like the true the truest love movement CM. You know, if you're not perfect, you're dying every time. Just knows where to stop, you know, knows where to stand for the rest of the game because you can't move much. <laughs> you know, you gotta Dude, I, be I really have so many questions, Peter, for you. Like, I just don't know where we're going to go with this podcast, but obviously we saw the news of Farah right now from Tundra. And Farah is a beloved character in this community because they play with him, you play Wait, with the him. The news of what? Did I miss something? Oh, uh, Farah got kicked. No, ding, ding, ding. What? Farah had a Tundra, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. And he oh, just tweeted boy. like, I am kicked. I'm taking a break. Like... And the and here the follow up tweet was I am kicked uh, by a player that tried to replace someone else in the team and I said no you know so he had kept another player so I, we were we were theorycrafting just before uh, Peter and I oh. were maybe it's Saxa and that they were pre replacing Snaking and then because it's a support right like who else would they replace Fada with that had tried to replace someone else it most likely would be a support it's so, like yeah. how could you kick Fada right so that's your reaction how could you kick Fada. This but is crazy. No, but it's yeah, it's like I think the if, I think their if, strategies and their laning phase was from him. Sorry, go on. No, no, it's just it keeps happening. Like you see these teams and you know why they're winning, right? Like I remember I mean now, you know, Peter, you're here, so I wanna speak under your authority, but I was looking at EG back then and 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 uh I was looking at fear, you know. you 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 were with fear on the roster, right? Mm -hmm. No, 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 you're, yes. I don't like your, <laughs> I see the face. No, you're no it is, it is. Anyways, yeah. let, let's leave EG aside for now then, because maybe this is... No, like no, no, go for it, go for it, Seb, go for it, go for it. We'll get back to it, we'll get back to it. 
But then right. it's the big kicks, you know? Like there was the Matu kick from Liquid and it's like anybody that understands Dora to a little like to a little bit, you know, understands that you just kicked your best player, you know, and it, it cannot go well after that, which it didn't. And then there's the, the I mean, recently Secret, I don't know if they kicked them or if Zai and Matu just left, but same, they just lost the reason why they were they winning yeah, they any left. game. And now Farah out of Tundra, like Farah is 95% of of Tundra. I'll just say it like this. I remember like, the NIP and point, Soneko. You know, it doesn't matter. Huh? Remember the NIP yeah, Soneko. and Soneko? But I mean, when they took Soneko, Soneko, they couldn't work. Yeah, but from what I understood, I mean, he was obviously their best player. Uh, he's He's been the best player on almost all the teams he's been in. Honestly, I think he's one of the best in the world. Still, always been. But he seemed to have like behavior issues. Like all his teammates were complaining about him and that he would give up on the team or yeah. not. That's like different. This is something you could understand. Maybe that's what happened with Fada. Maybe. Um, but I've heard from like about Fada from people that he has, uh, you know, drastically changed his behavior. And that's like a long time ago. I'm talking already. This was the case like three, four years ago. Because, you know, back in the day, he did have some, you know, toxicity problem. But then he fixed it completely. And apparently he even became like the, the, the heartbeat of the teams he's been part of. Uh, but in terms of Dora, I'm, so, uh, I'm talking strictly in terms of Dora. Tund like Farah goes, Tundra goes. I, I can already, you know, like, I think so. I I'm happy to be proven wrong. I think so. You guys talk a lot about, so. like, the the play that he brings to the game. But I, I never even think about that stuff. Like, I always just think about, like, the team dynamics and his position as, like, a leader. And I mentioned to Johan before the podcast, but, like, he did have a strong personality. But that's one of the reasons why... I wasn't surprised when I left NIP, or I'm sorry, when Fada and uh, Netta left NIP and they went and made alliance that they had success. I was like, that's not surprising because Fada just, he always, he's the kind of, or at least in that moment, he was a player who needed to kind of like take control of his destiny and become a captain and lead a team. And he has the strength to do that. And not many people have that sort of like, strength or charisma or whatever you want to contribute it to but it takes a certain kind of ind individual to get the boys together and actually put up some results but then how do you how get kicked save? like how, how does it happen okay you get kicked, yeah, you, you get kicked because you? you're yes because you're pushing too hard you're pushing Correct. your teammates to be better because you want them to because you want to win and maybe you know i can relate to this a lot like maybe you push on your teammates too hard or maybe you let your frustrations um, make you cross the cross the line one too many times, right? Like but then maybe it means it that you haven't maybe been it's a little too reading the room in a while, right? Because you could push them too hard, but sure. also you know if it gets to that if it gets that far, that because if you get kicked, I assume that the majority or maybe even the entirety of the team just don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Yeah. Yep, I, I and, but the question is: yep. is do, are they saying they don't want him there because he's bringing negativity to the team because he's not happy with their current status, or are are they all just looking for an easy way out to get rid of this guy who's bringing all these problems to them? I I think, in my opinion, it's a problem with the structure because that's why you need the coaches, the assistant coaches, the manager, and the general managers around it. Because this is just, there is the undeniable truth. Undeniable truth is that Chandra is Fada. But you're right, Peter, and you felt this in yourself. You know, your definition of excellency is different than everybody else. We have this with Seb as well. 
Seb needs us to be excellent on everything, or at least try to pursue it. Well, somebody else might be just want to be chill, you know? So Seb is the number one in the world because he drove everybody to be the number one in the world. His definition for him yeah. and for everybody is higher than everybody else. So when we are not playing good, Seb is going to tell you that we're not playing good. Now, he's so fucking experienced and so fucking smart that through the years he went from fucking mad to Seb, where he realized that you could be kinder and lead people with honey and inspire them instead of just hit them with a fucking stick, you know? Fair. At, at, at some point, people will probably respect him and, you know, listen, and he didn't have to fight so hard to get them to what he was saying. And that's, Peter, you're going to be mind blown. That relates a ton to me because, sorry, I just, I just, like, people, my experience sorry, with Sumail is like exactly like that. Like I had Sumail on my team, his first year in Dota, 15 years old, had absolutely no ego, right? I he taught him everything about the game and the, the competitive scene. And, you know, he taught us some things too, right? But just through his natural abilities and his talent. Um, you know, we win a TI, we go play Dota the next year. All of a sudden, you know, he's, he's a hotshot. He's connected to other players. You know, everybody likes him. He's popular. He's a star. Right. And now he doesn't want to listen to Peter tell him, hey, you got to be better prepared for practice. And that's the reason why I go at the end of that year, more so than anything else. And then you look what happens. Team, you know, just kind of dribbles until everybody's gone. Keep changing rosters, blaming something else. And then it's just gone. And that's that's could be what happens here with Fada. Yeah, that's what I think. For, I mean, we need the managers and the yeah. general managers, you know, to make sure that this doesn't happen. If somebody else has to take the shot or but, the bullet for the team. That, that's, cannot that's, be the captain. That's you. That's you. That's the that's the CEO speaking. For me, it's like the the leadership of the team or the whatever is going to drive the team forward, which is usually two people, uh, like not just one. Sometimes it could be one, but I think usually it's a two two people thing. If they want to drive it forward, then they need to like kind of make figure it out and make the hard choices that might be that might need to be taken you know and if there's no direct driving force if like you don't know where the engine's at or what's driving it forward then yeah like then you're in a weird team dynamic or in a team game where it's just gonna it's gonna choke each other out like it's gonna be a slow death type deal because you you have no you might have some drive but it's not going anywhere and and the drive doesn't sound like it's high enough to to really go far um that's, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how Fada ends up in that situation. No, like if he has a lot of drive and 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 everything, and then he ends up getting pushed out. That's that's really a shame. Or if he's not had, or if like there's no not this two man type leadership, and and people then just start disagreeing very heavily with him. Um, and like what Peter said, it might just be an easier way out to kind of move move on from your problems. But your problems might be very real. You know, like we we won't know. Um, but they might have very real problems that are stopping them from getting better. And they might just not be ready to face him as a group of four. I don't know. It's it's hard to say from the outside, but all I can say That's is in my teams, it's always been a two-man type dynamic thing. Um, I they, agree with they, that, yeah. with, with the two people. And I would say to JMR's point, I think that Dota is really unique in that place where it's really the players who are kind of building mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. deciding on the roster. I don't know how your experiences have been in CSGO, but I know many other esport games it's a little bit more micromanaged by management. Whereas Dota, it's like, once you, you know, the second you lose the trust in your teammate, that, you know, you can't go back. You can't, it's sometimes you can't get back to it. Where it's like, 
trusting your teammates matters so much in Dota because it's these split-second decisions that decide whether or not you win or lose the game. And if you don't trust your teammate, you're going to second-guess what he maybe tells you to do or what he says he's going to do. And, you know, in that moment, you could you know, lose the game. And then so you the way, the way I that. look at it, yeah, yeah l like the way I look at it is, uh, I mean, it's very true what you're saying about Dota. It's definitely the case. And but earlier you said that sometimes, like, a way to fix it is to that you get respected enough so that these things don't happen. It is true, and it, it is true that it, that it helps. At the same time, even like I've had experiences, like we've had these experiences, like last TI, literally, where we're coming in, you know two-time defending champions we've won it both times before and even then it's hard to have some people just listen and and let you guide them <clears throat> and what i mean is like if in that situation you can't acquire the 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 trust as in you can't demand it and get it it means nobody will ever you know with with some profiles and some characters as in temperaments rather like um Nobody will ever get the trust from them naturally, ever. I think some people are not capable of trusting to 100% at all. I don't know if it's linked to how they function as human beings or you know where they are with their lives, if it's more like structural or, or, or situational, it doesn't really matter. But uh, what I'm trying to say is like, I think I've learned and now I, I think I know it's, it's a double way thing where it's like when somebody doesn't trust you as a leader, especially in a team, in a Dota team, it's it has to be you know part of the blame is on him or her but it's only him for now but and part of the blame has to be on you too uh, because then you failed to build that relationship or inspire the trust or you failed to manage when the trust started to break right and i i see what you mean that when, when you say that sometimes when it's broken it's hard to get back i like to think there's always a way back at least if it just broke there has to be but maybe then if you just you know let it uh you know, let, let, let it be for too long, then it's probably too hard to go back <clears throat> or like it would damage something else. So the, the one thing that I would like to say, I didn't mean to say that I have to be the one making those choices, but it was obvious last year when we were doing the bootcamp that somehow there was something broken and somebody had to put it on the table so we spoke about it. And that's what I think that management and Mia, that is our sports psychologist, can help because I don't know how Tundra works. But if you get to the point where Fada has to get kicked, I think that you fail as a whole group because you can't kick him. Of you know, course. it doesn't work like that. And when Peter, when you got I kicked, there was clearly something. Yeah, time will tell. I, I get that. But I also like to think that is like they had something unique and they were supposed to be preserved. The EG with you there had something unique and it was supposed to be preserved. And the moment that it broke, it meant that the mission of the whole project was broken. For me, kick, when they kicked you, as much as I could drink shots when you die as CM, the, the, the core of EG and the identity of EG and how you play was you. You, you build that to be a representation in a way of who you are as a person. For better or for worse, it had your good things and it had your bad things, that, that project. Yeah, the actual evil geniuses. That's me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the evil of evil geniuses was you and the salt and how they Absolutely. play and the cockiness and, and the edge. And yeah. So for me, okay, so let's put it differently. How is that different from fly to EG? Because that was different. Fly was not kicked. But at that moment, you could say when fly leaves, the whole project dies. 
Wait, he left or he got kicked? Project was, Project was never with him. No, no. OG. <laughs> when Fly left, OG. Oh, OG, you mean, oh, not EG. Because he got kicked from no, EG, no. right? Yeah, when... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's important. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't mean, know. I, I really don't did, know. But, but, but maybe it okay. was like a more mutual. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're fully transparent, you can come to these conclusions like mutually and stuff. Um, but I would say definitely for OG, like I, I think when when that happened, we already maybe there was already a bit of a power structure um, that had been shaped, shaped. But I, I would say that I think a lot of people sided with, um, or I mean, yes and Seb, but I would say through my OG, that was that iteration. But through my history in OG, I think a lot of it was built up still around me. So I don't know. What do you think, Seb? When when Tal left, how do you? Uh, what did you think about the project? Did OG kind of remain as a project or do you think it entirely changed? I mean, I, I like what you said about having two people kind of uh, running a project. I think it's always a little bit like that. And when it's only one person, I think that person can easily lose uh, like uh, his uh, sanity to all the things that he has to you know, carry on his shoulder. No, but honestly, whether it is dealing mm -hmm. with the players that are, you know, not professional or whatever is going on with them, everybody has their issues, and there, there's always been so little support from the staff around the, like in Dota for the longest time, and I'm sure Peter and you, Johan, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, but it's like when you were a captain, you were, you were the, the team yourself alone. You had to do everything. Uh, no, nobody would help you. Whatever you had to keep everybody in check mentally, do the Dota part, also deal with, you know, of course, thank God for managers that they were there to help, but at the same time, their help could only be, you know, a little bit limited. So I think naturally for the successful teams, you always had kind of this duo. And of course that duo was you and Tal, Johan and OG. And I think that, so a lot of things were built around him and a lot of things were built around you and i think there was a moment where he lost faith in the team and you didn't uh but there was still a lot to 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 keep building on which was what you had brought um and of course you know he took a lot of things with him but i also think that some things that he built uh for oge were still there i think like what he used to bring was mostly related to um healthy healthy practice healthy way to approach you know the the day-to-day -day kind of thing uh and in dodo in dodo too obviously concepts and stuff but these concepts kind of they were they were there uh, they were not going anywhere and of course they were molded by by you by you know all the players that you guys played with these things became team concepts more than anyone's concepts but since you were looking at the future and you were looking to build more i think that's why also naturally Yesse and I were like, it, it never felt like we were, the Dota part was crippled so that we couldn't keep building on top of it. It actually felt quite the opposite that now, you know, the, the, the person that was kind of making a lot of the calls and that had lost faith in the team just left, you know, the, the gave the floor. It's like, all right, you know, you can make happen whatever you want to see happen. So... I mean that 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 departure actually felt like uh yeah like uh like freedom more than anything honestly um that's how it felt back then besides the you know the how it was handled and all of it always go better 
Saying goodbye is never easy. Yep. But, you know, I'm curious. is like when you get kicked and then you, you have to announce it on Twitter. Like, imagine how poorly handled this must be so that he has to tweet that he got kicked. Like, what kind of conversations happened, if any? Like, maybe there was not a single conversation. He got some... It's 2022, and maybe he just got a Discord message, uh, yo, by the way, uh, you kicked by, or something. You know, like four words, five words. It is it is insane to me. Avoid the conflict. I was Avoid uh, the conflict. Unfortunately, that's, that's, the, that's the story of certain teams, and I think attacking that conflict is one of the most important things that mm -hmm. you have to do as a team. Kind of call out the elephant in the room. Say, hey, this is a problem. Let's talk about how we want to deal with this and actually go. That's how you get better. And people that shy away from conflict or don't have somebody that brings that conflict to the table within their teams, like those teams will never get better. And that's that's people like Fada. That's people like me. That's people like maybe Seb. Probably no tail at times. Um, but that's that's what it takes, right? Like you have to put yourself in these uncomfortable, stressful situations or to uh, come out the other end. Uh, a better a better person and a better team, I would say. I think that is also the reason why teams that don't scrim very much uh, or scrim less and go to officials and do well, they will they will have a more fragile um, team atmosphere and team dynamic come to like the big tournaments or, or at a time when they might get tested, which is most likely going to always happen at TI, right? But I've always wondered like mostly about Team Secret, you know, how they had a very... Uh, not so much uh, intense practice regime, quite the extreme opposite, where they would practice very little and yet be very successful. But then they they would always have a really hard time at, at big tournaments until TI10 they had their best placement. But I think this this type of personality or or personality, this choice of like running away from conflict, means that you should also spend less time together and try to keep it very you know like you're not going to become the best team, but you can show up, you can be very professional, and you can hopefully not run into these issues, you know? Uh, and and I've seen people would have great success with that, like mainly Team Secret. And that has always bothered me. Stay down. But at the same time, <laughs> I do think to become the very best team, it is to actually, you know, do exactly that. It's like, look for your problems, run at them, make them come out, get get yourself frustrated, frustrated, get everyone frustrated, get yourself to the lowest low or like the most annoying annoyed point in your life and and sit there in the same game and, and figure it out you know during the game because that's gonna that's gonna be worth a lot later on um but yeah like that conflict running yep. thing i think is so much about what becoming a good team is it's what 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 eventually kills most teams no transparency no none of the hard talks are being had and, and eventually just boils over i was gonna say that johan and seb even though they have immense experience doing this and we have mia and we have all that we still fuck up. Eh? We had a very rough time last year when we had one of the versions of the roster and it got really poisonous inside and people were not talking to each other and we kind of have to blow it up at one point so they could actually talk because nobody was talking. So even the right people with the right mindset can sometimes get stuck. Eh? Yeah, uh, I was definitely not perfect. So I would agree with that. Now I'm going to tell you another story, which I have no idea if we'll ever make it to the podcast. Start, this was my this was my first again. this was my first new team and it was it was very interesting you know because we realized what players that we wanted to get and we talked to Topias and we talked to Seb and Johan and they were like dude the younger the better because you mentioned something that is Seb touched upon this but I really was I was about to even hammer it harder after winning two TIs 
they would not listen to Seb. You know what crazy? How crazy this is? What else this this guy yeah, has to do? Because at one point, you know, was... at one point you gotta be like, hey, I do know better. Okay, let me just tell you, I do know better. And no, he wouldn't. They wouldn't listen to him. Crazy. Delicate, delicate topic. I was gonna mention. I was sorry to interrupt you one more time, but um, I was actually remember before you guys got Thompson for the first time. I was actually on his stream. I was at some tournament. I think it was like ESL Hamburg with NIP and. We were talking about uh, having Fada move to. I think we were gonna have Fada move to offlane, maybe replace thirty three, or no, we were gonna do some roster change where Fada was no longer gonna be mid because if you remember, Fada was our mid that year and he was like, first mm -hmm. it was his first time playing mid in like four years because we just needed a mid player, and we didn't have anyone else, and so he's like, okay, I'll play mid. So we were gonna, we were thinking about Topson to kind of replace him as our mid, but we decided inevitably not to make the change. Uh, then you guys won TI twice in a row. <laughs> I think there was a lot of people looking up Topson that year, but now I have a question for you, Seb and Johan. Do you think that Topson or Anna could have been this successful in other rosters? Because they will be successful. They're both incredible players. But this successful? I don't know, eh? They're both very creative and very special kids. So the, I was going to mention that it's a bit paradoxical to, to actually fully win someone over to fully gain somebody's trust i i think of it like you have to show yourself that you are no better than the person in that room that you are the same you're you're the same human being who went through the womb who was a baby who was like vulnerable you have to expose all your weaknesses that you're not sure at the end of the day you don't always feel sure about your your daughter things about you know can you are you the best do you know your shit are you better than this guy are you always going to crush it um and once you show that side and you show, yo, bro, I'm like you, I think it's very important because you, I think to really get as far as you need to get, you're going to have to do it. But now that you do it, you also open a door to the other person doubting you as much as he doubts himself. So if Seb or me were to go to a new player and be like, yo, bro, that we want TI doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Like we're just like you, you're, you're, your potential is higher than ours. You know, you can be a better player than we've ever been, and you can be that tomorrow. While you say that, you also, again, it's like the paradox where you, you're also letting them know that you can be equally shit, you know, that you have the greatest potential, but that you're as shit as they are right now, or you have the ability to be. Um, and I think this for a lot of people kind of festers, and they actually start doubting that you might not have it or you might you might actually you know and i don't want to say it but you might have fluked it you know like you might have gotten somewhere without being good enough uh through chance i'm not saying that that's always the case but i do think that these things jump into a lot of people's head and it's something i felt talking to young players so the younger the better in general because i think there's less of it the younger they are but also the more yeah, the more they're open to get inspired, the more they're open to learn, the more they're open to actually view you as somebody who can help, meaning you know better, the more you can help them. Because if they start thinking that you don't know your shit, I mean, it's going to be very limited to how much you can help them, like how much you can actually give them, because they might not take it in or listen. So yeah, I struggle a bit with this as like a concept. Also for the new guys, it's like, I want to really diffuse the whole situation of like achievement or past experiences. Um, to kind of go on the same playing field or the same level. But then at the same time, when you go on the same level, it might get taken advantage of you or like you're not going to be that cocky motherfucker who knows everything, uh, which also has its own way of backfiring, I guess. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense to people? Do, does that resonate with either of you? No, it, it does. You just have to find the right balance, I feel. But maybe it's also uh, like uh, it depends on the profile of the person you're you're addressing. Um, and then maybe some person will function better if you show them that you're equals and you're just you know like somebody has to you just have to follow one way and if it's going to be my way or your way it doesn't matter what matters is that we we do it properly meaning we you know we we put enough trust and enough you know effort and whatnot and for others maybe you actually need that um what's it called to keep that pedestal kind of of like hey this is me this is you take ego uh, <laughs> but no but sometimes i mean i i have i you know, it's a struggle. Like I, I have found myself in many situations where I'm like, okay, what, what face do I put now? Like, how do I behave? And it's like, it's not even about being spontaneous anymore. It's like, how do I? What is the best way to inspire that person to, at the end of the day, just like listen to me, listen to Johan, listen to just just follow the the the, the, the team and you know find his place and. Yes, I mean, some people are really good at that, I think, naturally, and some people are really bad at that. Like, I'll, I remember Yesse, like, Jarex, like, and, 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 I mean, for instance, you had, you had, you have profiles like Topias, that he's really good at that because it suits him, it suits his personality, that he doesn't have to take too much responsibility, that there's already a lot of things happening and the direction is kind of decided already, and then he can just you know, like do his own thing quietly, focus on, on what he cares. And then you have profiles that naturally kind of will clash with this, which is Jerax. Like he has a very strong ideas, strong opinions about everything. Not a follower by any mean, more of a leader. But then smart enough emotionally or whatever that is to understand that, hey, in that situation, I need to take a step back. Uh, this is how I need to behave and whatnot. And then you have the people that, don't have the right profile and also don't read the room at all and then they just you know keep setting everything on fire and then you have to find the best way to get them to tag along or maybe it's just impossible maybe maybe as you know peter was talking about like the team dynamic like the math doesn't add up and and you're stuck with that and yeah you just need need a change or reassess peter i remember every team, after you is, won. Every team is different after you won, you mentioned to me and publicly that you didn't enjoy playing with Aoi. That is like, you needed for next year, you were, it's like, not only I want to win, I want to win with this specific roster and with this specific thing in mind. Because I think that if you have kept Aoi, you could have, in a way, like, paraglide, you know, for the next year with the same kind of roster. Sure. I, I think one of my, one of my, Insights is during those years, I felt like I was unstoppable, I would say, mm -hmm. and that like, you know, nothing could trip me up. Um, but that's just not the reality of life. Like there will always be things that will catch you off guard and surprise you. And uh, you, you know, the choices that you make, like, you know, kicking Owie, for example, and you know, wanting to win with Artizi, <laughs> not a... It happens, you know, it's happened to a lot of people. Will Artizi ever win a major, major event? No, not with evil geniuses. That's my hot take. Okay. Well, so I actually right. agree with that take. I agree with that take. <laughs> I, I did not even say that ever. Like you're going much further than I ever went. I just said, 
give it some time, guys. Don't get ahead of yourselves. That's all I said in that quote. He's pretty good. Just leave me alone with that quote. Right. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Maybe not one of the... I said he's definitely <laughs> okay or something like that. <laughs> I do think that from what I witnessed from you guys, you know, I obviously, I'm not like really that endemic from the Dota inside, you know, but I've been now already for three or four years around Dota players and what I consider, well, you guys are in this call, three of the best captains ever in Dota. It's undeniable. And I believe that you guys are very, very different but your heart is actually very similar. It's just, in a way, Seb and you, Peter, are very, very, very similar. You just have a different user interface. But your heart is the same. Yeah, it's you guys, balance as well. You guys, and I'm friends with Kyos, is that the only difference is that you guys, well, you guys don't allow mediocrity. Mediocrity is not a word in your life. Nobody's allowed to be mediocre, ever, at any point, or nothing you put a level of expertise and a level of devotion on your own craft that then you require everybody else to take it just as seriously as you guys. It, this is shit, you know? And I think that, I mean, Seb, yeah, we're, I, we're basically the Michael Jordans of Dota right here, I would say. Your quote, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, Peter, you've never been mediocre on anything. You don't like being mediocre ever. So you don't allow mediocrity around you. I mean, you can be mediocre. That's why I can't, that's why I can't play Valorant. <laughs> I just I mean, get destroyed. You, you can be mediocre, it can happen, but accepting it kinda and going on going on with it, maybe that's hard to Yeah. That's hard to accept. That's an old man learning. You have, you, be, you become humbled at a certain age. And and back to Seb's point about leadership, and I know we've been talking for a long time, so we have some stuff coming up, so I wanna end this eventually. And I know we could probably talk for hours about Dota and our experiences. Um but Learning how to, like, first off, leadership is a skill. I do believe that it, it can be learned. Um, it's just more natural for others, especially like in the younger, like early 20s. Uh, you're either a leader or you're not. But as we kind of glow up into our 30s, I think um, you can learn how to teach others about your experiences. And it's not just your endemic experiences in your field, but also like the management and like interpersonal relationships with coworkers. Um, so learning how to lead and, um, understanding that everybody kind of has to be led in a little bit of a different way is, is, is very tricky, um, but important. And when you have a good team where it all kind of works together, that's, that's where the great results come from. Are you happy, Peter? OG you friendship. Right are you happy? Just, or you look at those past ages thinking that's what your peak, um, no, like I said, I think COVID sucks. Like COVID is really shitty, especially for people that grew up in the events industry. Mm -hmm. Like every weekend I was going to a land tournament and hanging out with a hundred of my peers, right? Not all of my friends, but drama, right? There was, you know, there's jokes, there's fun, there's, you know, animosity, right? It's all excitement. But nowadays, like, I don't know, what are we doing? Just working, just working in my bedroom or in my office. I think that's why Johan, Johan in, in Portugal has been like the, the beacon of light, you know? We all hang out there. In the For house. sure, man. It seems nice. I'm jealous. We could think about, we need to move to Florida or Miami or something. Winter's been tough. Winter and COVID, bad yeah. combination. Yeah. Yep. Tough yep. That is yeah, very tough. I would say that one of the biggest senses of pride that I feel this year is seeing the new guys, the new roster. It's awesome. It's awesome, really, Peter. It's really cool.
not many orgs have been able to survive, you know, a complete roster change. So props to you guys for finding the right guys. All on Seb, dude. Seb found Misha and Misha's taking us to the promised land. Is Misha is so fucking It's all those pubs, man. He's the scout. He's the talent scout. I think that that was a big sense of, of pride for us. Seb, for you and, and for Johan, I think that, you know, that was like the perfect, perfect thing that could happen for us. That we could find another team with passionate people to carry the OG torch. Yeah, and hopefully talented people too. I mean, not just not just the passion, you know, but but I think a big part of it would be getting the daughter to fruition and getting like the daughter to, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if either of us will sleep sleep well at night seeing if the, I don't know. I just want to see the wild, the wild OG daughter, the good daughter ideas. I want to see the next patch. I want to see the boys adapt. You know, I want to see people talk about how this, nobody believed in this guy, you know, same thing with Thompson, same thing with Anna, same thing with like all the, all the potential that's been through the, the OG iterations and and i just hope to hope to see it come to life you know um and with of course i mean it's only going to happen through motivation and and being super inspired um and i see the fire in them you know so i'm i'm hoping it all will pan out and out for them and we did also the, the dual dual leadership that is misha and taiga so mm -hmm. i think taiga is bringing a huge level of human expertise it's a very kind and Charismatic guy. So They're Peter, what's next for you, dude? Working with you on the on esports engine. Do you like what you're doing? Are you passionate, obviously, to go back on lands when we can go back on lands? What is what are you looking for now in your life? I'm not looking for anything. I just wanted to talk to you guys about Dota because my dream would be to some way kind of loop all of this back in and be able to work with Dota uh, once mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of kind of surveying the scene, looking, you know, maybe where myself and esports engine could contribute um, in a very sensible, like in a sensible way. I just want to, that's the only way we really do things. So it's, and it would be like a huge investment of time and money and I would love to do it, but I just need to think more about how to go about it. So yeah, I appreciate okay. your guys' time okay. and I hope we can talk maybe again another time. Um, yeah, offline. Yeah, I would say that, uh, look, I, I actually really, really like what you guys are doing, Sports Engine. For you, Johan and Seb, but maybe they're not as familiar. They are literally the core fabric of esports in North America. They create this incredible community event. And when you go to these MLGs and this thing, it's more like, it feels like Coachella. You're not really going to see a tournament. You're going there for the whole experience. And it's, it's really great. And just so you know, Peter, I have told many times people in CSGO and in Dota, Hey, you gotta do these things with these guys. Dude, uh, it's awesome. Uh, obviously, I could spend hours talking to you. There's so much shit and so much drama and so many, so many stories that you and I have shared. I, I carry a big part of my time in EG. It's always weird that I joined OG when I was a fanboy of you and EG and Clinton and that roster, you know, growing up. And I think I could have not joined OG if that EG was still there because it's the one that I grew up watching. I grew up watching you guys playing. And I really think that the OG that I joined is, it has a lot of things to do with that one, you know, with the family experience and all that in a completely different age, completely different wave, you know, but I found this other whole group of, of misfits that somehow got together and they are awesome together. And, you know, Sepp and Johan, if you got the chance to meet them outside of the game, just as humans, I'm sure you guys will get along. They're awesome.
Maybe, maybe no tell. I'm maybe not you sure have a chance, step, right? You know. But... <laughs> Did you know that Step can dance R and B, and he's like a hip hop pro? No joking, dude. Yeah, he was the Lebanon champions. That's. I've seen him at the after parties. I know how he operates. I know his game. The Lebanon champion. Okay, how do you guys close these things out? Sorry, I gotta so go. So normally say any final thoughts, Seb? Oh, good. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time. You're awesome. Uh, we would love to have you back any chance you have. And yeah, dude, thank you so much for your time. All right, talk later. See you guys. And now you just leave the call and, and that's it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Adios. Adios. Thank you.